Hello, uh, my name is William Burnett and you're watching Talk Video and I'm sitting here with uh, Black Merlin. Uh, should I call you Black or Merlin? Um, call me um, uh, Merlin. Merlin, <laughs> nice to meet you, nice to see yep. you Merlin, yeah. thanks for coming by. George is fine. Um, George, so uh, also known uh, by uh, your, your close friends as George. That's correct. So, so you might catch me saying George every once in a while. George Merlin's fine. So <laughs> George Merlin... Uh, so, so Black Merlin is a project. Uh, a little introduction is a kind of a. You're it's a DJ, and you also have make your own records, and it's this kind of a dark uh, soundscape soundtrack club. A little bit of club, but slower BPM club project that you have, um, and you're doing this for a living at the moment. Um, how's that going? Yeah, it's good. Um, uh, it seems to have picked up um, a little bit more over the last few years. Um, I suppose the more the more I've been releasing, um, the more diverse music I keep making. I suppose something like that. Yeah. So it, it's allowing you to to live off of music. You don't have like another job as like a dishwasher or something. No, I kind of packed. I finished my job. Um, there was a point um, I had to make a decision. I was trying to get time off work, and I had my first U.S. tour kind of lined up, and I also had um, an expedition to Papua New Guinea, and they wouldn't give me the time off. Obviously, <laughs> who would? So you quit. So I just I just handed my notice in and just went for it. And so you're just going going on the on the music now for the past how many years? Uh, Couple of years, two or three years two? now, I suppose. Congratulations, thanks, William. And uh, um, so let's go back. I was kind of thinking maybe I should prepare a little bit um, versus the last episode. But one of the questions I thought was, uh, can you remember the moment when you first, you know, got some gear and put it down and uh, started to make music and record it? Uh, do you remember that moment? What kind of setup you have, or or what year it was? What age? Can you describe that a little bit? Yeah, I suppose. Um, well, <clears throat> initially, my dad um, he brought me um, a quasi MIDI Revolution three hundred nine. It's like a German drum machine, and this was way back in university, and I was just kind of touching on it and never really got really into it. And then <clears throat> I kind of packed my university studies in in um, in Derby, England, where I was studying art. And um, I decided to move to Manchester and do a sound engineering course, which was absolutely no help to me at all because my my I'm I'm terrible at, <laughs> at listening to someone teach me something. Really, you know, I need to kind of battle my way through it and not really read manuals i'm terrible at reading manuals um so kind of from there and then i eventually got like a macaw ms2000 i think it was yeah, future classic um <clears throat> yeah and that kind of opened a lot of things for me like that was that was about 10 years ago i think that or nine years ago or something you okay know? so so then you you know sat down with your laptop and your sound card and by yourself or with other people? Um, well, initially I used to work with um, Kyle Martin, um, who I do Spectral Empire with. 
and um, he taught me a lot of the ropes, um, helping me get my ideas down. Um, he used to work in a very visual way, I think <clears throat> a very good way for producers to start off, I think, is to, you know, is to study someone like John Carpenter. I think, for me, that was, that was a real sort of gateway, I suppose. Um, it's very... very very simple music, but really quite impactful. I think and very visual. Well, so so you so you listen to the music and then you were like, oh, that's a one. There's a rhythm pattern and there's a melody and a lead, and then you try to imitate that. Yeah, in some ways, yeah, it's it's, it's very clear what you need to do with this um, a, a kind of a John Carpenter track. Taking nothing away from him and is it Alan Howarth? Taking nothing away from them at all. Yeah. Um, it's. It's good music, but you know. So this was this. So you're saying this is about ten years ago, and uh, you're with uh, with Kyle Martin, right? Mm. Is uh is he still around? I mean, I know he's still around, but are, do you still hang out with him and and work on music, or is that you're living in separate cities now? We're living in separate cities. I mean, we did we did do a release um, recently, um, but that was the first release I think in like eight years or something or Kyle probably know a little bit better than me on that one um, but yeah I mean you know he's he's one of my oldest friends you know so um, he works in different projects now as like I work in different projects um, but, but that seems like the solo thing is going pretty well now you know you're, you've put out records on uh, every single label there is yeah, That's well, yeah, yeah. So I suppose so. I mean, you set yourself goals, don't you? And I suppose maybe some producers like to stay in one, but the v variety of music I try to make, I don't really want to just limit myself to <clears throat> to one style of music. Yeah. You know, maybe it's maybe one release is not for everyone, and maybe another release is for somebody else. And I think that's kind of important. I don't expect everyone to like everything I make how how could it be like that so do you do you do you make the music and then shop it to labels or do you like say oh I want to be on this label and I'm gonna make this style or mix of both I don't know I suppose it used to be a lot harder I mean when you start out nobody <clears throat> nobody's kind of interested in it. it seems to be a lot harder when you're first starting out to yeah. kind of um, get music released um, I'm not saying the more popular you get, the more labels jump on you, but I think the more you work your music, the obviously the better you you get. Yeah. Um, but I also would say <clears throat> that when I first started making music, you have it's, it's a lot more punky, you know. It's you you don't really think about levels, you don't think <laughs> about this or that, and yeah. you just you're happy you've come up with an arpeggiator or or something and I, I have listened to some of my old tracks and they're just you know it seems like a different person but also you know yeah so uh, another person that I'm more familiar with and it's also the way that I met you is uh, you have a project called I never know if I'm saying it right Karamika 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 is it right with my accent yeah correct perfect Karamika and you, you're working with Gordon Pohl who's uh, an old friend of mine part of the like Dusseldorf uh Salon de Amateur crew. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> can you tell me how you met Gordon? Um 
Yeah, it's kind of a strange one. Um, I kind of, I mean, I went to this kind of I went to the salon with uh, Johnny, Kyle, and uh, Taco, and there was quite a lot of people who were down there. I think Detlef was there, and uh, Stabler Elite guys were there, and but Gordon was never there, and I think he really wanted to meet us. Um, so it was kind of when I was just starting out on my own and um, for some reason I wanted like some German vocals and I kept, it was on times with MySpace so it was communicating through MySpace and yeah I think he was, he might tell a different story I don't know but uh, I never got these German vocals but he just asked me out of the blue to come over and I was like wow you know these he's like really respected and he was like he, he saw something in me which is what you need when you're a young producer for someone to like have faith in you like that and to you know to guide you and to teach you um which he has done you know okay. yeah so for those that don't know Gordon Paul he's a he was a member of Music Cargo and uh, I know that he's uh now he's mastering a lot of stuff and producing a lot of bands, I mean, you can look him up on Discogs or whatever you want, but he does some stuff that people respect. But he's a, he was DJing as a little kid, like teenager, like in Ibiza or Fromentera with his father. And uh, so he's he's been around the music scene for a while. And uh, somehow he ended up in Dusseldorf, which is this scene. And he doesn't really, uh, have, people don't really know, but he's a part of it. You know, there's, you know, people that are more popular now, it's like Lena Willikens, him and they used to work behind the bar together and uh, what, uh, no tapping on the table. They used to work by, <laughs> behind the bar together. Detlef, whose Toulouse tracks was working there. <coughs> Ralph from Unit 4 was going there. Um, and then uh, eventually Vladimir and this whole scene. But he, he's a part of this thing, but he's a, he's a quiet one. Um, so just a little more information yeah, about yeah, this guy. Yeah, and, yeah, I would say that. And you're doing this project. Keramica. 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 One day I'll get it right. And yeah, then, yeah. <clears throat> which has come out now, you did a record on ESP Institute. Yeah. And uh, there's another one coming now, I heard. Uh, we did, yeah, we did a, originally with Andrew on ESP. And then we did a 12 inch on Neubau, um, a label uh, from Vienna. Um, now. Um, April time we're going to release um, on Vladimir's label Often Music okay. so then you're, then, you're, then the, the festival gigs are going to flow I, well <laughs> I just try to get Gordon out of his uh, little he compound he can bring the dog on the plane yeah sure that would be amazing he can just sit on the stage with earbuds yeah 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 yeah. but uh, um, so another this is all the music stuff in a it's quite interesting, but uh, you know we all kind of know how this works. You know, you 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 go in your house and you make weird tracks and you put them out on records. But um, another aspect of your life that has been very interesting to me that some people might not know that went into your music is that you were doing field recordings, mm. and uh, somehow these field recordings have taken you on uh, some strange adventures. And uh, one that you mentioned today when we were at lunch is that. Um, there's a volcano that you need to go back to, um, and I was just like, um, okay, oh, can you tell us what, what about what's what volcano is this? Where is it, and why do you need to go back there? 
Um, yeah, um, it's basically it's um, it's um, a collapsed um, volcano, um, which kind of it last eru erupted something ridiculous like hundred thousand years ago. So. Um, it's not a volcano as such with lava or anything like that. It's not active, but um, it's been taken over by jungle, basically. So all around the walls and everywhere. So when you're inside, you don't feel like you're in a volcano. You still feel like you're in the jungle, but it's it's immense. It's huge. I mean, a helicopter would look like a pinprick if it was flying over the top of it. It's it's massive. Um, and where is this? It's in Papua New Guinea in the Southern Highlands and it's yeah, it's very it's a very remote place. Is it like the is it like the volcano that formed the islands or is it like the or uh well it, it, massive it, it's it's pretty much in the center so I mean you can you can see on the um on the um the south side of it where the lava would have flown down down to the ocean i mean it's very far away from the ocean but you can still see yeah. it it's a, it's a big volcano i mean the the walls are like a mile and a half high um it's maybe a mile mile across some it, it's huge it's really huge and really it's very very daunting place to be so so you 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 you've been to this volcano once before and you're recording audio and maybe shooting some video taking some photos um did you have like a purpose while you were doing it and 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 you didn't you weren't able to finish that so you have to go back now or what what's going on like why are you going to a a volcano in Papua New Guinea. Um, well, initially, I mean, I, I've been three times to New Guinea, uh, Papua New Guinea. Um, the last two times has been I've been spending it with the Kasui tribe. Um, the first time I went, which was the second time I went to Papua New Guinea, and I stayed with them and. The actual base village where where I stay is called Siena Falls, and you you can see you can see Mount Basavi in the, in the distance, and I used to sit at, at the hut where where I used to sleep every night, and I used to just look at it, and it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a very 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 powerful thing, and I was like one day I'm gonna I'm gonna walk. To that volcano and I'm gonna go inside the volcano I mean don't get so you just saw it and you're like I, I want to go there yeah I'm no I'm no fitness fanatic I'm no military training or any kind I'm just like a normal guy and I just yeah I mean the second time I went, stayed with the tribe I was like yeah I want to go take me and I, I went with basically kids who, who took me there oh, so they're like teenagers or something the <clears throat> my guide sinai he was i think he's 18 or 19 he was my main guide yeah. and then we had and you're but, but you're you're speaking uh english or french or what would you uh well sinai he speaks he speaks english. he speaks um english the rest of them spoke no yeah. English um, at all. 
Um, and we had, you know, we had like two, two cooks, two young girls who were cooking food for us every night who must have been, what, 12 or something, 13. And then um, the carriers, the lads, yeah, they were like 14, 15 years old. And if, so you just, you just showed up and, and just rustled these people up or no, you like they, organized it before? No, no, they, they, knew, they knew I was coming back the next year to come and, to come and do it. Okay. So they, they knew, but all, all the elders or all the older guys, they'd done it so many times. They just they don't want to... Okay. They don't want to go back there because it's not. What for? Yeah, and it's also not a very enjoyable <clears throat> um, journey, you know. It's and so is, is, is this is like a, a trop- tropical yeah. area, so it's it's quite humid and it's, it's, bugs and yeah, it's in the in the inside um, Mount Basavi. It's it's like hundred um, humidity. Yeah. Um, ascending up. Mount Basavi, it gets cold because you're getting you're going really high and the um, <clears throat> the landscape changes from like jungle to to like the higher up you go, you, you're going into this kind of moss forest which have got like um, birds of paradise nests and you you, you, you like you you climbing underneath logs and it, it's like really really stuff you can't really imagine exists really um, so so what you're, you're you're seeing you know wildlife there's is, is there there's there's like dangerous wildlife and then there's beautiful wildlife and maybe some stuff in between what kind of stuff were you coming across like there's like snakes or birds or yeah you, you get snakes bears in, i don't even no know. no in, in in new guinea there's no like um, mammals like squirrels you don't you don't get monkeys you don't get cats um you don't get big you don't get big predators at all you get um yeah you've got to watch out for the snakes but what's, what's the top of the food chain there besides the humans is there like a big like a ox or something or a probably wild boar this wild huge boar wild boars um, um cassowary birds as well as well are very very dangerous they're like um almost like emus but they're very um aggressive birds um that um that will come come, come after you yeah 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 like a like a big ass goose yeah like re- you get really the eggs are like dinosaur eggs like amazing amazing things sort of green green eggs um and uh like i just i can't understand like a, a why you're doing this like it is just a pure adventure or or just i don't know it's just something it's just i never thought i'd be doing something like this it's totally out of my character to kind of do this i'm quite a cautious person yeah um but when i'm over there i just change into a different person i'm just i feel kind of a lot more myself you, you you've got no you're focusing in on the moment. You focus. There's so many many things that can go wrong. They have to be 100% switched on and concentrating with every footstep. So, would you? Do you think that other people should do this kind of stuff, or, or has it helped you? Yeah, it's definitely helped me. Yeah. And and uh, what just to appreciate things more, or what? What's the? Wait, you. It's taught me that you've always got two or three more levels inside you of I mean I've I've been to my absolute limits and more over there and just it's too much. Even even just the jungle just going on and on and on and it's just it's just never ending. Just 
you've got nothing left in the tank and you've still got it you've got to keep going you've got to keep going so you brought everything with you you bring all your food and your water and you're not trying you're not a picking up some bananas on the way or um well the food runs out pretty quickly i do take um um survival food <clears throat> these packs um but the uh, yeah like gels and stuff like well, you can you get like sort of meatballs and sausages and beans <laughs> but it's just like, just like cans it's horrible yeah. it, ju it just gets horrible it gets so plain so when when one of them offers you a, a pineapple or it just tastes like the best thing in the world yeah. you know you really appreciate um f food in S some ways starbucks it's, yeah well, it's not starbucks <laughs> but that would be yeah i mean it's quite quite a change from your your uh, western life yeah yeah and, and and so you went on that trip and you made it through this i think i guess it was on the second trip that you recorded more stuff or you did that also the second one you had you were more pro with the audio um the i mean i thought the the first trip i was recording a lot more audio oh, you were okay. i mean my 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 first trip to the with the kusui people i was i was doing a lot of audio recording but i also i also took some cameras I'd made a few mistakes and missed a few real magic moments recording it on my phone, which yeah. I still keep myself to this day because those those situations will never be repeated. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean the 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 second time I went, um, yeah, I was I was I was you know I had um, drones, I had about three GoPros, um, oh, I didn't the know cameras. That. Um, and you've got also the the logistics of all that is there's obviously no electricity. Um, you've got to make sure your batteries are backed up every night. Um, power banks. Um, you know, I di I I didn't even think about uh, my drone batteries. You know, it's like I charged them up in the UK, yeah, and then I was there and it was like eighty percent when you arrived. Yeah, yeah, right. So you've got to use your you've got to wait for the moment where you think right this is a good opportunity to mm. send the drone up or um you know and i had the i had the idea of like i was going to get up to the top of mount basavi and i was going to send the drone over the top of the volcano and it's like how how ridiculous thinking is that so what you're going to bring like a, a gas and a generator or some solar powered something or well, I'm sure you explored the options. I mean, I took I took solar panels. Um, <laughs> I took a couple of portable solar panels, but obviously, if it's a cloudy day, yeah, well, they're not going to work. So, the second time I went, I took I took four power banks. I mean, getting all this stuff through the airports with all these batteries and power banks and drones and cameras and you think you could get to i mean i go via dubai or somewhere the airport could go right well, you're not bringing them it through there's too much you can't yeah, take yeah. that on the plane yeah. and that's that's me finished then you know it's like yeah i can go there but i'm not going there for the objective that i wanted to go there for you're gonna have to like draw pictures yeah which is yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, you could learn, you know, like Ansel Adams. And, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so <clears throat> this, you, you, you're, you went on a third trip recently, and you're, you're back alive. Praise the Lord and Moses and all those people. Yeah, I think my mum was very happy I'd come back. I think uh, my, you know, she was, um, uh, 
she probably doesn't say she's worried, but you know, I, I'll, of course she is. We're all worried. She must. Um, she must be even more worried. You know, but I'll phone her up on. I'll be excited, and I'll phone her up on the satellite phone. I'll just be going, yeah, I've just done this river crossing, and I almost died. It was, you know, she, you can. I can hit. You know, like, she'll be what. She'll probably watch this, and you know, you, you, I can hear it in a voice. So now I have you to. Can't, you can't do like an imitation. I have to dilute it down a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to understand. <laughs> All right, so um, <clears throat> I'm here with Black Merlin on a, a talk video, and uh, we're talking about this this crazy trip he's going on. And uh, is there a fourth one planned? Yeah, November. I was trying to go in November because of the weather. For so th for Thanksgiving, I will go as much as I possibly can. <laughs> And, and 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 any plans i mean so you're doing this which is just ridiculous and in conjunct conjunction with or you're also at the same time producing music and being a dj um do you see a time where where your trips to papua new guinea and these ex explorations are gonna outweigh the music stuff or if i could do going to papua new guinea for the rest of my life I would quite easily, I mean... So you just go over there and just uh, build a hut? I have to be careful what I say, but <laughs> I, I would, if I could, I would spend half a year out there if I could. I mean, there's nothing more important to me than that place, yeah. really. And, and uh, well, um, that's great. I hope it works out for you. Thanks, William. Um, I know you said uh, you, were, you were a little nervous coming in here, and, and, uh, and I'm glad that you came and did this with us. But uh, I don't want to keep you too long. I just want to. Are you all right? I want to uh, make sure everything's okay. Um, so when you go back, you're, you're in New York now. Um, you've been on a little tour doing the, mm -hmm. the DJ stuff. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, you're still bringing the records around. And uh, you went to like, I don't know where you went before. You went to Canada, no, Mon Montreal. Yeah, Montreal. That's yeah. the only other place you went so far. Mm. Montreal, and then New York. You played at Le Bon, mm -hmm. which is weird. Um, and then uh, now you're in Brooklyn for a few days. You did Beats in Space. Um, and uh, you're going to head to Mexico next? Guadalajara, you said? Yeah, yeah, Mexico. Uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow you're going to Mexico. Mm. And then to California. No, Tijuana. 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 Oh, man. You should, you should do that thing. There's this thing where you go and uh, they get all the, the gringos, as you're going to be called, and you can... Uh, you stand in a circle, and you hold on. One person holds the spark plug, and the other, and then you hold hands with people, and you go in a circle. Oh yeah! And the guy like pulls the chain and just shocks everybody. <laughs> and like the first person to let go, they lose. Oh, my God! You should play that game. Yeah, it sounds fun, man. But uh, uh, so that'll be that'll be fun. You'll have a good time in Tijuana, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Be careful, you know. Don't lose your shoes. Okay. Um, and then so. How do these trips compare? I mean, I can't even imagine you're, you're going on these backpacking things with solar panels, you know, and then you're going to Laban and, and, and staying at a hotel. Mm. Like, I mean, what is it, is it like some kind of shock or how do you? Um, I don't know. It's um, just pay, it's, paying it's, the bills. It's kind of a similar thing when it went, when I come out of where I've been for like a month and I eventually made my way back to the carport Port Maudsby before I... I Wait, say that, the, the carport Port Maudsby? Uh, it's uh, the capital of uh, Papua New Guinea's Port Maudsby. Okay. 
so that's where <clears throat> I hold down for a few days just to rest up before I have to okay. um, get my international flights. And yeah, it's I mean a week a week before that happens, that's all I'm thinking about because the hardest thing over there is food. Food. I'm just thinking of burgers and <laughs> my tobacco runs out and coffee and once i get in that hotel room i just i just go to town basically <laughs> oh geez so i so, i don't know man you're you're you got a crazy dream it's kind of weird i know and, that's kind of weird so is there a final product that you're, you're you, you want to like is there you want to make something to share with people to show what a special place it is or or you want to people to see your experience yeah or, or i suppose uh, you know yeah there is I, I suppose i'm yeah i'm i suppose i'm working my way up to making a documentary but i realize it's you know it's it's a bigger thing than i thought it was um i mean i've got a lot of footage and i will continue um well does it does it have to be a documentary can it be some sort of other thing like somewhere in between you know some cross between art and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the you subject. Know, just put, throw it all. You know, just put it all together and let people watch it. And I mean, the subject matter is amazing. I mean, the stuff I've got on film is incredible. Like, really, some really, really incredible moments I've got. And you know, just to go back a little bit to it, there was one time where they brought this. Pass, um, pass me the wine, Robert. They brought me this. Um, brought this lizard, which I thought was a lizard. And it must. It was about. I don't know. It must have been like just less than a meter long. And they was telling me this was like a baby, basically. And it's it's this species that's not known to the to the to the Western world, basically. And so it's, it's like a dinosaur. Or it's a crocodile, basically, that lives. <laughs> it lives in the trees in the jungle. And this was the the baby, basically. And you could see the skin that it wasn't a lizard. It was, like, really hard um, thing. And they call it, they call it a Richard. <laughs> they call it a Richard. Um, so it's out there. And the BBC were going to send researchers in to go find it. Are they just joking with you and, and just saying that? Or? No, no, it's for this thing's for real. A uh, Richard. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, they call it a Richard. <laughs> And, and you have footage of the Richard. Yeah, I've got footage of the of this of the baby. No, did, did you eat it? No, no. The, the, <laughs> surprisingly, surprisingly, it didn't get eaten because I've seen them eat like um, this thing called a woolly rat, which was yeah, it was, it's like this big, and the 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 caught them inside the volcano. So they have all, a woolly rat. Yeah, it was no rat that I'd ever seen. <laughs> It was like a sort of... And you didn't have any? I passed on the bully rat. Why? I mean, I'll, I'll show you pictures when okay. this is finished. <laughs> and, you know... It's too ugly. Yeah, so that, that, that species of whatever that was will only live inside the volcano. You have only species that live inside the volcano that they don't live outside the oh, volcano it's like Tasmania or, or something it's like just it's got its own unique um, yeah basically nothing can escape <laughs> Jesus and uh, <clears throat> I can't I, I would have eaten the woolly rat 
I mean, you know, I'm sure I'll get the chance to eat the woolly ratty game, but on that particular, I mean, you could case, probably make a burger out of it, you know. Yeah. Or something. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. We were kind of run out of food at that point. We only had rice left, so they had to go. They had to go find some food, really. And you, pa- you just had rice. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> I don't know where we go from there. You know, uh, you're, you're <clears throat> eating woolly rats in, in uh, volcano, and now you're in uh, uh, Brooklyn drinking natural wine. Yes, yeah, nice wine. Quite a, quite a, a um, luxurious life you're living. Thanks. Um, so, so what's next when you go home? What's 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 the next? What's besides the trip to? Uh, what about your music stuff? You got some stuff coming out people can look for and buy. And- uh, yeah, I mean, there's always stuff coming out. Um, I need to maybe a little bit slow down in my releases. Maybe not. I don't know. If um, I, think, I think record sales are down in general, so I think record labels are going to be more cautious. Yeah, I mean, I can't stop. I mean, I've, I'm working all the time on music, so I mean, I'm prepared to keep releasing if people want to keep hearing it. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose I want to maybe turn my attention a lot more to playing live. I think there's a lot more in that for me. I think there's a limit. Only there's limits with DJing, really. Yeah. I think any DJ knows that, and I think. Once you start to play live, it's it's infinite, really. I suppose the the ideas. It's just a matter of it's up to you, isn't it, where you want to take it? Yeah, and I, I don't know. The logistics always scare me. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the downside of it, isn't it? But yeah. it's like losing, you, you know, equipment getting lost on planes, and that's. Yeah, I just. I mean, I, I, if it was like out of tune, I would just not even be able to play. That's, yeah. What do you mean? Play on this keyboard that's out of tune. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, I mean, you was mentioning that last night as well with the, do, you know? with the with the with the you know obviously with the heat and stuff like that. If you're playing some, if you're lucky enough to play somewhere warm, but you just go play somewhere cold, don't you, William? I guess so. It's <laughs> like sorted. All right. Um, <clears throat> I feel okay with that. I'm gonna. Uh, we're gonna end it up now, and uh, uh, George is gonna go smoke his cigarette, stand in the window. Um, Black Merlin, check him out. Uh, This has been Talk Video. Thank you very much for tuning in. See you next time. Thanks, William.